0: Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Thank you for joining us for episode 123 of the Cultivating Business Growth podcast, brought to you by PJS and Co-CPAs. I am your host, Amanda Mulcahy, and joining me is partner, CPA, and virtual CFO, Jamie Staley. Hello, I'm excited to be here today. Well, we are excited to have you, Jamie. So through his motivational speeches, our guest shares his vision of empowerment and joy, as well as through the books he has authored, his Do It With Dan podcast series, regular blogs, published articles, and worldwide workshops have all helped thousands across the globe. His prolific work recently earned him a spot in the Wall Street Journal as a master of success. Welcome to the show, Daniel Mangana. How
1: are you doing?
0: Good. I'm so glad to have you. I know you're in a different time zone. You're in Dubai, right? I am right now. Yeah. So give us a little bit of your background, like kind of where you started, why you are where you are now and you know, why you continue to do the things that you're
1: doing. Sure. Well, I like to sort of reflect on my life as sort of a trilogy. There are particular sections of my life that are separated by bigger events, right? And so right now I'm in book three. This book started around uh, the the 13th of February, 2018. And that's when I moved away from pure entrepreneurship uh, and came into the space I'm in now, which is, you know, personal development and supporting people. Before then, from March 2008, I was making my way up a very dark place that I'd fallen into in my early 20s. The first part of my life was kind of moving into that event, and that's when I had some early wins. But yeah, those are the the sections of my life. So so it seems to be spring. Spring seems to be my time. And actually, I was was talking to somebody yesterday, I was reflecting, I was like, all the things happened around like between February and April was when the big things happened in my life. Phase one born and raised in East London in the UK. My parents emigrated from Zimbabwe in Southern Africa in the late 70s. They were education migrants, so very big on education. I was the first of my siblings to be born there. My two older siblings by my mum were born in Zimbabwe and came when they were like two and five or something like that. I was undiagnosed with Asperger's. I wasn't diagnosed until I was 27. And so the peculiar activities that people read and hear about me having done as a teenager including making my first million at 19 and so on and so forth. Come to understand that just because of the way that my brain was wired and how I looked at the world. And so I I took actions and stuff on the back of that. The unfortunate thing for me, guys, was that I was young and not dumb in so much as that I really didn't recognize that I didn't know as much as I thought I did. (laughs) And so I did get support, right? Not only that, I didn't think I needed any support because I knew everything. And so when I had all that early success, it didn't last very long because I didn't have my stuff together. I didn't have the right paperwork. I didn't have the right systems in place. And so I ended up falling foul of the authorities because I didn't have the licenses to do the business I was doing at the time. So they came in and shut everything down. Here's the thing. That should have been where I hit the pause, guys, but I didn't hit the pause because I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go and do it again. So I went off again, started another business. I was a millionaire again in a year and a half. And then everything got lost again this time because people stole everything. And that really sort of hit me to rock bottom. And what happened was so much of my identity was tied up in success up until that time that when that was gone, I didn't see anything left. I didn't see any value in who I was. And so I ended up in a very dark place. And then the next part of the book is accidentally pulling my way out of there and getting the life experience to be the person that I am today and to get to share the work that I get to share today.
0: I can see exactly why, you know, you're on a mission now to help people kind of from where you started, where you've been and where you're going. So that's awesome.
2: We know that um, mindfulness is really a hot topic today, business world. And it's really interesting. I think we read on your website that you have a thought that it's it can be really sabotaging to your success instead of really contributing into it. So I'm curious about why you have that perspective and if you can share kind of your thinking around that, because I think it's, you know, it's not the common thought like, oh, no, we need
1: to be mindful in business. We mm-hmm. need to be very mindful. Can you share your perspective? So my particular perspective on mindfulness and some of the cat phrases that I often get into trouble for around it really come down to the perspective that I have on reality as a whole, which primarily draws from a series of thinkings and and teaching materials that came out of what ancient Egypt and then into Greece are called the hermetic teachings. Phrases that probably people have probably heard of like, as above, so below, your inner world, creating the outer world. Those are all based on the hermetic teachings. But another key principle that comes from the hermetic teachings, you also probably heard a watered down version of as well. That's when you hear people talking about mind, body, soul, right? And spiritual, mental, physical. Those are all based on the hermetic principle that reality basically operates in these different densities. And we as humans can engage with these different densities in different ways. So you don't taste and touch your thoughts with your senses. You experience them in your mind and your emotions you feel, and then we experience in the body as well, right? But it's not a tangible thing that we engage with in three-dimensional time and space, but it is something real. Anyone who refuses to accept that, I would say, well, we all know the scientific truth of mind over matter. We've seen the stories of the mothers that get this superhuman strength in times of need, and people get to do things that physically are outside of their actual capacity physically, but the mind kicks in and allows them to have those uh, those strengths or those gifted abilities. And then the law itself recognizes through the idea of crimes of passion that we're in particular emotional states, we think differently. So here's the thing. Everything in our life fits in some way, shape or form into one of these levels of density. I call this the flow funnel, right? Because it flows down from pure energy into physical matter. And the less densities, the less physical actions involved with it mindfulness tends to deal with inner world experience. So we're looking at what's going on with our thoughts, what's going on with our emotions. We tend to connect with it through practices such as meditation, breath work to slow down the brainwave so that we can access other levels of consciousness. Uh, People do practices like yoga, which again are impacting what some might refer to their subtler bodies or their emotional body or their spiritual body. But what I have seen is people get so caught up in the less dense aspects of life that they lose sight of the importance of what's happening in physical reality. We see this with people that all they do is read books, but they don't actually do any application. I can sit and read about accounting all day long, but unless I've practiced it, I'm not going to be able to execute, right? It's like studying mathematical theory just with a book without actually practicing the equations. And so what I've seen time and time again is people don't understand that there's all of this power that we can access through mindfulness, through meditation, through breath work, through yoga, through visualization. But unless I then connect that to specific thoughts that I'm directing in the direction of where I want to go and then specific action that matches it, I'm not going to go anywhere. And that's why I think that mindfulness is, can become a minefield for those who are not properly applying its power and actually something that ends up being a sabotage, a point of sabotage for so many.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I know that I've used it in the past and I feel like, you know, you don't want it to be a checklist. I feel like it's mm-hmm. a check item on the day. Like, okay, in the morning, I'm going to meditate and mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to, you know, I'm going through my checklist and it's just a to-do. Mm-hmm. And so I can see that perspective of just, you're not just doing it to do it and now you're mindful and everything else is going to fall into place. So it's really
1: more of connecting. Yeah, they've all got a role to play.
2: Cause I do think that sometimes it does help me to just kind of slow down. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. just take a deep breath. Like you get very, you know, physically you can feel like you're tense and you have so much to do and you, you think you can't get that done. So you aren't saying meditation isn't a good thing or don't be no, doing it just has a role. at all. It has
1: a role. My catchphrase, stop meditating. People get really, really mad with it. In fact, I wrote, so I write for Entrepreneur Magazine and I wrote an article that had that in the title. And entrepreneur, really gracious, there was like tweet me and stuff and like they tagged me in the tweets and there was all of this backlash. How dare you? I'm never reading your magazine again. Meditation is everything. And I was like, did you even read? that? I'm not reading that junk. And like people get really, really, they got really triggered. I didn't say don't, I said stop. So for something to stop, it has to have been in motion. So get into motion and then stop and then take care of the rest of it. Yes, do the meditation, but then, okay, what's going on with my limiting beliefs? What's going on with my thought processes? Can I support that with the motivation? And then can I take action that's actually going to lead me to the outcome that I want?
0: Yeah, that reminds me of the quote, knowledge is power when applied,
1: right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly.
2: Yeah, and I do love the thought. I feel like there's so much information overload. So like your point of like reading and reading and reading, and you're like, oh, I'm here getting all these great ideas, but better to read one thing, soak it in, figure out how you can apply it and make a difference. I feel like there's just so much information out there. You feel like you have to know everything because everybody's reading everything and everybody's listening to all the podcasts. And then you're like, what am I supposed to be doing with all this information?
1: (laughs) I agree. I agree. And it's the same like, again, the people, they've done all of the medicine journeys, right? They know all of the asanas from the, the yoga thing and they do it 20 times a day and they've read all the books. They've been to every course. They go to every program and they know all of the things and they can recite all the universal laws. But where is it all? Where is it all going?
2: Yes, I love that. You also talk about finding that right balance with business, which is mm-hmm. something we're very passionate about. We, you know, really try to have and promote that good balance. Mm-hmm. You know, we know it's not a perfect balance with, with work life, but just trying mm-hmm. to have a little bit more of both and not being sucked into your, you know, career necessarily fully, but having good time for your family, friends, mm-hmm. other passions you might have. So we really love to hear different perspectives on what this means for our guests. So can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on this topic?
1: I think, again, going back to what we just sort of touched on about us being multidimensional, we've got all these different aspects of ourselves, And if we're not taking care of those, we're not taking care of us. And if we're not taking care of us, then we're not going to be able to fully function and show up anyway. And even if we are playing all out, we're not really going to get that much out of the experience. It's like if we go to a relationship, for example, if it's just communication, but there's no intimacy or physical connection, there's going to be something missing. If it's all love and connection, but then there's no mental stimulation, then something's not going to work. And so we need to look at our lives the same way, right? We do need hobbies because hobbies actually fill our soul up, right? We do need a purpose because that gives us meaning, but then we also do need to use our body physically, otherwise we get into atrophy. So these are all the aspects, so it's, it's, it's really, and we're going to need them in different measures. Like I've got friends that don't feel right unless they've been to the gym seven times in a week, right? Yeah. I'm not that. I'm not that guy. Yeah, right. I'm... But that that connected them, <laughs> and I know people that they prefer to spend most of their time, perhaps doing something that's purpose driven. And there are those that can find that purpose in just a corner. Like I'm really quite satisfied. So I work three days a week. That's my work week. I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Monday I do personal development. Friday I do self care, and on the weekend I leave it open to have fun and connect with friends and so on and family. So like Friday doing my self-care day, I also engage in creativity. So I'll get the guitar out. Maybe I want to write some poetry or whatever. That's the space that I've set aside. And I'm happy doing that. But I know people that they, they need to be like writing poetry or doing painting every single day. Otherwise they feel incomplete. So it's about understanding your personal balance, but recognizing these different parts of ourselves. It's important to nourish them. Otherwise we are going to feel a level of emptiness at some point.
0: I think that's huge. So growing up, my mom, you know, sorry, mom, I love you, but my mom, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we had to, you know, we had to be busy. Like every second of the day, you had to be doing something. It was almost like I played softball. I did band. I did, we went to church. We ran, you know, it was like mm-hmm. every second of your day from 6 a.m. to, you know, 11 p.m. at night was filled with things. And not that I didn't have been doing them. It was wonderful. I didn't really have time to build those those hobbies, I guess, because I had to do it because I had to do it. It wasn't a hobby. When we had ability to have downtime, you know, I felt like I'm supposed to be doing something like, what am I doing? I'm supposed to be you know, practicing softball. And so it's taken me a while now as an adult to realize, you know, to try to find that, that balance or, you know, that alignment, like you talk about having that alignment, it's been difficult, but it it makes sense, right? It makes sense when you get older and you start looking at it from your perspective, like you don't need to be doing this seven days a week.
1: It's great that you enjoyed it because some people's parents make them do stuff they don't want to do. My son is two and a half. I really have to work hard not to be like your mom and be like, you're going to do one of the things. Because I'm like, like as a parent, I want him to have all of the things. Right. And, and so I've, what I've sought to do in order to counter that, if there is a parent listening is I want it to feel like downtime and I don't want it to feel like busy time. So he's allowed to relax. And so what I've been doing is like, allowing him to engage, since he was about one, letting him engage with things and seeing what catches his attention. And then it's kind of, he wants to do it. And then I'm kind of supporting him doing something that he wants to do for as long as he wants to do it versus kind of forcing him to do stuff. And I know there's the argument to be made that there's probably a level of discipline that you have because of that will have served you well later in life. But I think that there, you know, the dance as a parent to do that is, is a challenging one, but ultimately Just listening to what you said about your nervous system, not knowing how to handle not being active should be like a a thing that we all sort of bear in mind that a settled nervous system is imperative to have a fulfilling life. If your nervous system can't settle, it's always going to be challenging. And so, yeah, that's just something I wanted to just bring forward that it's great that you did enjoy it. But I think it's imperative that we do understand the whole piece about um, the nervous system being settled in what it's doing. Even if we are busy, like we can stop that busyness and still be chill. Because it isn't that we were forced to be busy. We're in active um, active and playful action.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're struggling with that now too. It's summertime here. So kids are getting out of school and I'm like really trying to get that balance of they've got to be somewhat busy because otherwise they're just doing nothing important. staring at iPads, doing absolutely <laughs> yeah. nothing. Yeah. So it's like that balance of, hey, you guys need to be doing some things so you can chill and go hang out with your friends and you don't have to be super structured. So it is st- a struggle because you know, they tend to do things probably that aren't great for them, like having some amount of structure. And that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm like, you guys need to pick a few things that you are going to commit to and do, and you can choose what those things are. And then if you don't want to, because you feel like being lazy, well, then I will choose for you. Do you have friends, you know, who have every minute of every day scheduled? And that like, just the thought of that stresses me out. Like, I'm just like, hey, do you want to go do this? And she's like, well, I'm available July 30th. And I'm like, she's like, does that work for you? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) people, you know, have their own tendencies of how they structure their day and what works for them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, your point, having that kind of peace about it is really what's important. If that makes it peaceful and that helps you, then that's fine. But if others don't, you know, you have to be able to kind of work together with that. It sounds like you help a lot of people in what you're doing. And I'm curious what the biggest struggle some of those people are going through today or things that you seem to have to work on over and over again or Mm -hmm. if there's just like a common issue. I know we're coming off of interesting and difficult times over the last several years. And so I'm just Mm -hmm. curious what you're seeing that people just tend to have the most difficulties with right now.
1: I think for the people that I've been speaking to recently, a couple of things that are coming up are um, victim mentality. But not victim, not even like mindless victim mentality, apparently validated victim mentality. And the challenge with that is any level of victim mentality is disempowering to moving forward. So long as someone else is responsible, we're not going to be able to consciously move forward. Uh, The way that I frame it is we can't deploy agency that we've outsourced through blame, right? So as long as I've given any of my power away, I'm depleting the power that I've got to execute with. And that, then can show up in in other ways because the victim mentality may manifest in self-sabotage, it may manifest in procrastination, it may manifest in unworthiness, which is just the, the story that's carrying the victim narrative. And that's really challenging because, again, like I said, I'm talking about apparently justified or validated. And so it's really getting people into a point where they can accept responsibility without shifting the blame to themselves and then going into guilt and shame and beating themselves up. And also understanding that if someone's done you wrong, I'm not saying to let them get off scot-free and keep doing the wrong thing to you. It's finding that again, the word balance between recognizing the level of agency that we can deploy from where we are now, and then having healthy boundaries about not letting that thing into our experience and then learning lessons and letting the lesson be the more powerful boundary. Because if I'm just pushing a person away because they've done something, but I don't have a lesson that I've learned from this experience, then that person won't be in my life. But the same pattern is probably going to show up somewhere else. And so I have to identify within me, where can I create an internal boundary through the lessons I've learned from this experience so that I don't find myself in these situations? And again, there are situations where people don't maybe have that choice. You know, I know there's a lot of quite sad narratives where they say that people are to blame and for what happened to them or whatever there are dodgy people in the world. That's the world that we live in. We can't always control the things that other people do, but we can decide how we respond and what we do going forward from that. And that again, is a very difficult conversation for some people going through difficult times, but ultimately victimhood in any shape or form disempowers us and stops us being able to move forward.
0: That's pretty powerful the way you put it. Yeah. And that kind of relates
2: to business as well as just, you know, relationships within businesses that people you have to work with and maybe not quite to the, you know, extent you were talking about, but just having to deal with different personalities or we're not getting along or how do we make things move forward without being like, well, it's their fault. This didn't happen. And it's, you know, it's not on me and how can we, how can we better ourselves so that we can work together? How can we have that feedback? I know one of the things we're talking about is giving each other feedback, you know, more regularly and just trying to be straightforward with people instead of I don't want to say this. This is very hard to say or hard for them to hear. And I don't want to Mm -hmm. insult them. But then we find, you know, being, you know, by not saying that, we're being more unkind to them than just telling them, hey, you need to do X, Y, Z. Can you please do this? They hear that, you know, and I think we have a lot of internal issues. Like, I don't want to say that to them. That might hurt their feelings. So I think there's some, what you're talking about there too, is like, you just need to be able to connect with each other, be honest, figure out what you can learn from it. What can I do better? How can I not make the same mistake again? Or how can we improve? So, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that perspective from, from what you were talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're always moving, like right? we're always in motion. And this is, I think, one of the things, even if we're apparently at rest, there's still motion going on. We're still moving in a particular direction. And when we recognize the role that where our mind and emotions are at play in that direction that we're moving in, I think we probably be a lot more guardious of what's going on internally. And when we start to connect again with the whole thing of responsibility, how I respond to what's happening is going to have an impact with what's going on inside of me. It's like when they say, if you're planning on revenge, dig two graves. Why? Because following that path of revenge, the internal environment that you're creating isn't leading you somewhere growing, right? That's why they say when we forgive others, we're not forgiving them for them, we're forgiving them for ourselves because we're allowing our internal environment to reflect a forward positive movement rather than a degrade a degradus degre- movement forward, so I really think it just comes down to are we more committed to having the best version of the life that we're living, or having a narrative to blame or pass the buck to someone that probably doesn't really care or doesn't have the capacity. If you're dealing, for example, with a narcissist or someone who's got some kind of psychopathy going on, they're not even going to be able to recognize that they've done something wrong, right? If you're dealing with a with someone that's got one of these conditions or operates mentally that way, they, they're not going to get it. And so all of that energy that you're putting into trying to force them to get something they're either incapable or unwilling to see just has you locked in somewhere that you don't even want to be anyway. And again, this doesn't mean that we just sweep it under the carpet and pretend it didn't happen and pop on rose-tinted glasses. It's okay, what can I learn from this? And how can I set up my life to be more reflective of what I want to create going forward rather than being looped in these patterns all the time?
0: You have brought a ton of different perspectives to the definition of, you know, success and success in business. And, you know, mindfulness is sabotaging your success or to stop meditating. When you elaborate on it, it's a totally different <laughs> definition <laughs> than what you originally see. Like, I'm sure those people that leave all those comments on your entrepreneur blog. you <laughs> to say, hey, read the article first. Then go yeah. Back.
1: Yeah. It's like, read the article.
0: You guys, tell me what you think. Yeah, so our listeners are gonna probably do the same thing, you know, kind of see like what is this guy talking about about sabotaging your success, and then you know, your perspective from it. It's like, wow, this makes sense. You know, I can apply Mm -hmm. this. Um, we can use this. You know, moving forward in different aspects of your life. You know, family, Mm -hmm. friends, business, especially. You have a ton of resources on your website. I know you have a ton of resources about different things, books, blogs. So, where can our listeners find? you know, find these resources to learn more about everything you just said.
1: I think the best place to go is to dreamwithdan.com. That's my website, dreamwithdan.com. It's pretty easily laid out. I've got a really cool quiz there that you can do that identifies your abundance blocks. It takes about two minutes or something. You answer these 10 questions and it gives you one of four abundance blocks you're experiencing and then gives you free materials on how to actually move through those and do something about it. My blog's there, access to my podcast, social media. One easy place to remember, dreamwithdan.com.
0: Is there anything additional you'd like to leave our listeners with today?
1: Just to recognize that your success or your failure really are going to come down to you. There's an idea or principle in chess that you, you lose if you make a mistake. Like your opponent can't beat you. You beat yourself because you've made a mistake. And when you recognize if you just slow down, get the right support, get the right guidance and be thoughtful in the moves you'll make it about how you move forward and recognizing that what's going on inside of you is going to have the biggest impact on how you're moving forward you'll find that success comes with a lot more grace and ease. Very powerful.
0: All right. Well, as always, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.